This week's episode, Old is New Again. From brand new territory in the Star Wars universe, to the reintroduction of the Eternals, to a new-ish take on the post-apocalypse, some stellar new titles hit the racks this week. It's all happening now on Cover B. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cover B. Once again, we are here to talk to you about comics and such. I feel so formal this episode. I don't know why. It's just like, we're I like, don't know. hey. It's so regal. It's like, this is Cover B, coming to you about comics and such. <laughs> well, we read a lot of regal books, you know. It's we true. Read about this is a very regal a Space Republic and a group of immortal, powerful beings and ninja nuns. Very regal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we're going to dive right into it. Uh, first up. A book I wanted to talk about for this week is Star Wars The High Republic number one. Yes. So it's been hyped for a little while. Uh, Disney and Star Wars in general are making a lot of moves to the High Republic era. I think they're kind of spotlighting it as an era where they can tell a lot of stories. Uh, for just to clarify, High Republic does not mean the old Republic. Uh, a lot of people going into this kind of assumed that's what it meant no this is the high republic era so this is the era right before the prequel movies yep right before everything goes to crap yeah so it's right before <laughs> the separatists pop up and breach away from the republic the republic itself is still kind of not new but they're still you know hunting down planets to join the republic and they still have people joining the republic um and for the most part it's you know, still a fresh kind of, it's them at their height. It's the high Republic. It's them at their like pinnacle before people have really popped up to be like, wait a minute, we don't need this. Of course, all of that was, you know, orchestrated by Sidious, but we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> honestly, this is a very much untouched era of Star Wars. Yeah, it really is. Dumb, especially when you, you know, look at like the Jedi and stuff. Um, so I'm excited to see stories told in in this in this era uh through the different formats that uh disney and lucas are looking to go um the comic was very very good it focused on one padawan as she finished her trials um and went on to become a jedi and set up kind of just set the scene for what the what the um overall story is going to be uh, but it was fun. Star Wars hoot nanny. Uh, <laughs> you know, it had your typical lightsabers and doing adventurous things. It felt very, um, felt very like Ahsoka driven Clone Wars story. You know what yeah. I mean? It was about like, you know, she's a little quippy and a little, you know, sassy, sassy. And, and she's going to kind of do her own thing because she wants to do what is right and stuff like that. And regardless of who gives her disapproval and things like that. Um, but it was good. It was a really cool Star Wars book. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. Um, the only thing that I thought was weird is that there's a point in the book where there's like, they use a lightsaber in a way that I don't think <laughs> a lightsaber could be used. See, I was debating on if I was even going to mention that. Um but yeah, there's there's a part where the physics of the lightsaber comes a little bit wonky. <laughs> but 
That aside, everything else was very enjoyable. Um, it's very Star Warsy. It doesn't take itself too seriously, which honestly I think is really nice because the places where I think Star Wars falters is when it it loses its soap opera edge and and gets too literal. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, or when it takes yeah, itself too far to the dramatic, the theatrical, instead of being the like, it's it's gonna have some weirdness. It is yeah. what it is. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's that's the best side it can take. So I thought it was very good. Yeah, definitely a cool book. It's a good entry into the Star Wars universe. I've been saying for a while that while this things coming out from Star Wars, you know, you look at like the Darth Vader book and Doctor Aphra's book. The main Star Wars run has hit or miss moments for me. Um, And then you look at like the Mandalorian and the various movie plans and show plans that they have and stuff. It all is just so centered around this same time frame, the same stuff happening, you know, and there's a whole rich like I'm excited because the this book opens with a timeline of like the recent Star Wars. Um gives you an idea of where the movies fall and where the different books fall and stuff and the shows. Um, and it did mention that the bad batch is going to take place, um, during the height of the empire, I think is what they referred to it as. So it's the period between, uh, revenge of the Sith and new hope. It's that little area in between there where the empire, the age of rebellion hasn't kicked off yet. So the rebellion isn't really a thing at that moment. Um, Star Wars Rebels technically starts in that time frame. Right, right. Where everyone's just kind of like feeling it out, like trying to figure out how to deal with this new empire. And I guess the Bad Batch is going to take place during that. So that's exciting. That was a nice little snippet of info that I thought was really cool. Preview. Um, But I just think like that time frame and even during the Clone Wars and, you know, where Mandalorian takes place, the, the, uh, New Republic era before the rise of the First Order. Um, and then the High Republic era are just really untouched eras. So it's nice to see that we've got more things coming out that are going to hit on those as opposed to just being like, hey, let's learn more about what was happening with the Skywalkers. Build that lore, <laughs> Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Build that lore. We love it. We like eat it up. All this like, you know, these extra movies about Obi-Wan and your show i guess about obi-wan and they're talking about doing a luke show now and you know we've got uh we've got solo has has already happened there's gonna be a lando show coming out like all this prequel stuff is fine and like extra information about these characters and seeing these characters do more these characters that we love that's all fine but we need new story you know yeah i'm excited about book of boba i'm excited about ahsoka i'm excited about a lot of these other things but I'm more excited every time they give me the opportunity to meet some new characters. I agree. And that's why I love this is, you know, it's new characters. It's new stuff. It's a new story told in an era that we haven't really touched on too much in like the big mainstream releases. Uh, And it's just going to be cool. It's a cool book. I dig it. Yep. So next on the list is a new one from Marvel and Kieran, my boy. Uh, (laughs) And it's Eternals. From Marvel and Kieran. Uh, Eternals, number one, which I think partially is existing because we're going to have an Eternals movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously they have to bring Eternals back into the forefront of yeah. comic mindset. Um, 
one thing that I gotta mention that I'm loving is how methodical things have become thanks to Jonathan Hickman. <laughs> um, yeah. He sort of established this very formulaic structure to the X-Men stuff to kind of explain things and make things make sense mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. give depth and and breadth to like lore and missing pieces and missing details while also building intrigue by having things be like redacted and stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah. everybody's doing that now. That's like everybody's thing now. Everybody's like, ooh, that's fun. I like that. And so in true fashion, Kieran was like, ooh, I like that. And so he's also doing that for Eternals. Um, to be quite honest with you, coming into this, I have never read anything about the Eternals. Mm-hmm. I know close to Jack Nunn about anything of this. Um, but the only thing that I think surprised me, and I don't necessarily dislike it. I think the read was good. The pacing was good. I'm interested in the characters. I think it's very interesting. Um, I think the only thing that I was a little taken aback by was that it, I was expecting it to have a very elevated, like haughty tone, the way that like you read a Thor Asgardian title or Mm -hmm. you read something about the Inhumans, like the Royal family of the Inhumans. It's got, it's, it's not necessarily like haughty might be the wrong word, but very, um, regal, very, very somber, very, uh, pretentious, a little pretentious, (laughs) very, I, it, it almost has just like a very, High fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. It's got that kind of tone, vibe to it. Yeah. You know, um, almost like you're reading a Lord of the Rings book where it seems over dramatic when they're walking th- on a road for three books. Like yeah. it's just one of those things. And this didn't have that. Mm-hmm. But I was expecting it to because that's one of the things Kieran's very good at. Like one of the reasons why I fell in love with him through Angela of Asgard is that it had that tone and it felt very important you know when you're reading it and the way that it's written it felt very important yeah um but i would posit that the characters in this did very much have that going for them they did feel very like asgardian and stuff yes the characters um, and the, did. the beauty of kiran's writing is that he's incredibly good at making people have that kind of mood and structure and persona while the world around them does not that is true and i think the reason why i was expecting it to be a little stronger on that side is typically the narrators have that tone and in this specific instance i felt like the narrator very much didn't the machine was a bit casual yeah yeah. it was kind of like it's a bit silly it was it was the sarah (laughs) to the angela (laughs) i was like oh okay this is not all right, we're talking about gremlins. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool. I'm, yeah. I'm on it. Sweet. All right. But I, I really enjoyed it. I think it's cool. I'm excited to see them develop. Anytime we get like a whole big honking mythos that can get built with all sorts of different people, I get very excited. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm excited. And now I'm actually very interested in going back and reading some of the older. Yeah, I, I too have not read like anything about the Eternals. I know yeah. nothing about the Eternals. Um, as far as I know, they haven't had much play in more modern comics. They came about in the 70s with Jack Kirby. Um, I'll go ahead and say something controversial Ooh. and don't hate me. I find it really hard to get into Jack Kirby stuff. I don't... 
I just don't. I I, Care- I know. Careful. I know. Careful um, where you tread, I res- sir. I respect <laughs> Jack Kirby. I respect all the early guys. Jack Kirby put a lot of great things into the world. He had a really cool way of building characters. Um, it's just not my cup of... And I've said on 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 here plenty of times that I don't feel like... I feel like the pitchforks have doled by now unless you're just sitting at home sharpening them constantly. Um, <laughs> Which could be. It's fine. I don't like cosmic <laughs> stuff. I just, I, I find it really hard to get into the cosmic stuff. And, you know, the Eternals in this book were very much on Earth, very much like interdimensional and in between spaces and stuff like that. But there's still a cosmic vibe you know and especially back in the day they were very like cosmic and celestials and in the cosmos theremin sounds (laughs) and i just i uh, i don't that is very much where we differ because you know i like digging my heels into some cosmic and weirdness yeah i think you know for me it's why i'm not as into star trek and really into star wars and i have friends that are into both you know what I mean? I have friends that are into just Star Trek and I just like, just like raw space stuff doesn't appeal to me as much. You know right. what I mean? Like right. for me, space needs to be one of two things. Marginally like weird fiction and trippy or horror, you know? And yeah. I feel like Star Wars gets a pass because it's more of a fantasy than a sci-fi thing. It's Star a little Wars bit of a doesn't treat space like space. Star Wars treats the galaxy like a big continent yeah it's it, it's the, the space between planets and between important destinations is inconsequential to 90 yeah, percent of the stories being told fudge science and you know planets with different environments as and soon as you space throw light speed and, nonsense yeah, it's, in it's it is not what really it is. space <laughs> um but i've just never i've never really drifted to like cosmic stories like i've never especially when it so when it comes to comics you know i'm not a green lantern reader i'm not a you know guardians of the galaxy reader that much you know yeah uh i don't really want to know what's gonna happen with thanos next and you know (laughs) cool there's a space ghost rider now i can't freaking wait um I'm just not that into it. Like the space stuff just doesn't appeal to me. So I was a little hesitant going into this. I was like, eh, you know, I'm whatever. But it was a delight. I enjoyed it. It was um, good. I liked the reveal at the end. I'm excited to see where that goes. But I'm a bit nervous because there's a lot of hype about that reveal. And I won't reveal the reveal, but there's a big cliffhanger at the end. Um, it leads into issue number two. Literally, if you Google eternals 2020 number two the reveal at the end will be spoiled for you because the reveals on on the the freaking cover um but uh i'm worried about that because literally the start of the book opens with us unleashing an an eternals character that has illusion projection powers (laughs) so i'm like if you do this that would be hilarious if you do this Oh my God, Marvel, if you do this. Yo, that's a total Kieran movie. <laughs> and I have a friend. <laughs> I have a friend who is a very huge stan of this character that has been gone for a while and they're bringing him back in this book. Oh God. And if it gets like three issues in and it's like, surprise, it was an illusion. I think he's going to give up comics for the rest there of his life. There will be hell to pay. He's a big old... <laughs> He's a big old stand, so we'll see. But this one was cool, and good lord, 
you have your pick. If you go to your comic shop and you're like, man, this cover sucks. Guess what? There's like 50. (laughs) (laughs) Holy God. There are so many covers for this book. What the hell, Marvel? Yeah, so I guess Marvel is very excited to get the Eternals out. I One thing I'm excited about is I didn't realize, and I don't know if this is a modernized adaptation of how their whole Eternal thing works, or if that's just how it was, and Jonathan Hickman was actively stealing that for the X-Men, but I really hope the Eternals go up against the X-Men at some point in time, and are like, why the hell are you jacking our stees? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is our thing. Why are you doing it? You know what I mean? Oh, like, because be it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. It's the same thing. It's the exact <laughs> same thing. It's they die. They get their brains get put into a new body from a recent backup. And then they're like, I'm alive again. At no point in the X-Men setting that whole thing up. Did anybody go? Yes, we got this idea from the Eternals. That said, maybe they did, and I just forgot it. And if they did, feel free to quote at me and blast me on Twitter. I don't give a shit. Okay, but, like, you have a massive doubt at all that Xavier totally stole it from someone else, just isn't telling anyone about it because he's Xavier and he likes to be important. I'm still waiting for the wool to be pulled off of everybody's eyes and a bunch of, like, shady shit that Xavier's done to be revealed. Oh, I'm sure it's coming. I feel like in House and Powers they were setting up a lot of that stuff. Hey, look at us. We're talking about the X-Men, but not talking about the X-Men. Anyway, um, (laughs) it's hard doing a podcast when you have ADHD. Uh, But, you know, in House and Powers, I feel like they were setting up all this kind of like Xavier isn't really telling us the whole deal kind of thing Mm -hmm. with like how everyone was suddenly like weird caricatures of themselves and stuff. And uh I don't know. I'm just waiting for that to happen. He's but, got a massive attitude problem with the Avengers too. Yeah. So, but I do very much hope that there's some sort of interaction between the Eternals and the X-Men, even if it's brief, just cause I think that would be funny. I'm sure it's coming. Uh, moving on. The next one gave me mad fallout vibes. It's mm-hmm. got BFE, that big fallout energy. <laughs> um, Scouts honor. Number one, this one is from aftershock. Uh, it's another beautiful Aftershock number one with a big cardstock cover, and it's a cool book. The premise is effectively, and stop me if you've heard this one, in the face of nuclear war, humanity has receded into vaults, large underground structures where they will wait until radiation dies down before they leave to repopulate the Earth. BFE. Uh, (sighs) yeah. Q 1950s, 60s swing music. Um, (laughs) Where this one finds its legs and its name is that the survivors of the vault at some point in time, for whatever reason, uh, came to fall in line with uh, basically a Cub Scouts handbook. Like they used that as their guiding light. Yeah. Um, And that was their like tome of this is how we be safe. You flash forward like 200 something years and they've basically made a religion Mm -hmm. and their whole societal structure around this concept. The concepts presented in effectively a Cub Scouts book, which if you think of the Cub Scout, you know, general kind of stuff of like unity and loyalty and honor and all this stuff, like it's reasonable that somebody would attach to it. 
but it's just a nice touch. It's not something that we've, if this feels like the story of a commune or a vault that you would find as like a side quest in a Fallout game. 100%. You know what I mean? Like 100%. you would find a commune that has like a statue to a guy and they're all wearing Cub Scout stuff and they're like, you know, we're the Cub Scouts, you know? Yeah. Um, obviously they don't call it Cub Scouts. They call it Scout Ranger Scouts. Ranger Scouts. Um, but yeah, we follow Kit, who is a very able-bodied ranger scout doing badass stuff, fighting badass animals, getting badass merit badges, but has a secret. Mm-hmm. A secret secret mm-hmm. that, sh- that they secret away into the shadowy secrets. I'll tell you what. I haven't said much about this book. It was good. I don't have a ton to say, but I will say that that secret makes me very much invested in this book. <laughs> yeah. It, um... <laughs> As a book as a whole, like I said, it does have that BFE, like I mentioned, if you're into Fallout stuff, cool. You know, we're approaching, we're vast approaching a point in time where post-apocalyptic stories are going to be like Snoresville, you know what I mean? There's there's so many, so many. And every time I see a new one coming out, I'm like, ah, not another one. But then I read them and it's like, oh, cool. It's We Live. I can't get enough of it. And stuff like that, you yeah. know what I mean? This is so different from the But other there's ones. just a ton, 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 ton coming out. I mean, even DC has Wonder Woman, Dead Earth, and stuff like that. Deceased, and all these, like, post-apocalyptic things. So, um, writers, we need to get away from that. Vampires and post-apocalyptic worlds need to take a set, step back. And zombies. And, and Well, zombies are kind of having a resurgence because vampires have taken over where zombies left off. But I'm still not... I'm still burnt on zombie. It's like it's like I still don't want to listen to Mambo Number no. Five. It's been like <laughs> 25 That's years, fair. and I'm still sick of that song. I think zombies have kind of found their leg again, their legs again, because writers have realized that what made The Walking Dead work wasn't the zombies, but the people. Yeah, and so you're seeing more and more stories that aren't just like bombastic cataclysmic i'm getting eaten by zombies and more like gung-ho or like um like deceased where it's a lot about like the people involved as opposed to kids yeah like it's about the story like i mean there's entire issues of kids that don't have zombies in it that's true you know it's all about the kids and the mystery around them that's true um gung-ho and then you see writers like the people making gung ho who do something kind of different with it. It's not even really zombies. It's like people are turning into these baboons, you know, it feels Um, a little last of us. Yeah. So you see people taking creative steps with zombies or realizing that like, wow, some of the most popular walk, like night of the living dead, the zombies don't really do much. It's about the conflict of the people inside the house. True. You know, that's what made that a classic. Um, There are more liberties that can be taken with, zombies than there are and the and the the construct of zombies than can be done with vampires yeah because vampires have personality and shit and so it's like and like if you if you take if you take a vampire's personality away like make it not smart and thinking and then it's just a zombie you know yeah and if that's true so then when you give it a personality you have to focus on that personality but the vampire personalities have been done to death 
And like vampirism as a whole has been done to death. And there's just so many vampire books out right now. Why are there so many vampires? Sorry, guys. I, I, I love And meanwhile, forever. like that's happening. And so Dynamite's like, what? People like vampires? Do a million vampirella books. And it's just, it's a mess. There's so many fanged individuals just clawing their way up on our new racks. And it's just, it's a mess. But um, hey, Scout's Honor, it was really good. Yeah, it was good. For a post-apocalyptic book, it's pretty cool. It has some, it runs into the problem that a lot of these Aftershock books are running into. Um, I talked about it with uh, Knock em Dead, which the second one came out this week, and I didn't pick it up because reasons I talked about <laughs> with the first one. I feel like they don't do enough to really like grab your attention. Yeah make you want to get into that second one but this one i guess i I should say this one did better than some of the recent ones because while it did just kind of present this kind of like standard apocalyptic wasteland it didn't really give us a lot of flavor to make it stand out from other apocalyptic wastelands that we've seen like there's radiated animals and there's raiders cool so it's so it's borderlands so it's fallout (laughs) so it's uh what is uh metro so it's oh yeah uh daisy so or not daisy uh, seven days to die so it's uh look, look all i gotta say is all this book did was make me go back to my desk to write more angry letters to bethesda that i don't have another proper fallout game after this long and don't talk to me about Fallout 76 <laughs> because I'm not having that argument it's, again. Yeah, no, no, thank you. Uh, so I don't feel like they did enough to really like separate their world there, aside yeah. from like the scout community. But like you said, there was kind of a twist and a secret uh, that gave it a little bit of flavor for the actual story for the characters. Yeah. So uh, this one's worth picking up if you like that kind of stuff. Definitely. Now, here's a book you absolutely have to pick up. Oh, hell yeah. Because it was my favorite of the week. These these last two books, I'm so excited to talk about. And this is a book that was literally in competition with a new Kieran Gillen book. And it is my favorite of the week. Mm -hmm. Can we just talk about Mm -hmm. how big of a deal that is? And it's called... You mean that book that you talked about earlier that was by Kieran Gillen in association with Marvel? Yeah. (laughs) In, In loose association. Yeah. Um... It's called Ninja Nuns. Yeah. Okay. So time out before <laughs> we dive in. I just have to go Uh-oh. ahead and air my major grievance with this. Uh-oh. And listen to me, you freaking creators. <laughs> listen to me, Scout Comics. This was Scout Comics, right? I, I think, think it was so. Scout Comics. Listen to me, Scout Comics and Scout Comics creators. Uh-oh. Why the heck? Why the shoot? H-E double hockey sticks. Darn it. I am so steamed right now. (laughs) That this damn book wasn't called Nunjitsu. (laughs) It's right there. Staring you in the face. Ninja nuns should have just been Nunjitsu. That's it. That's hilarious. What the hell, guys? Come on now. (laughs) Who names these things? It's true. You'll hear from my lawyer. Tea. Uh, wait, no, not me. Oh, geez. I am not qualified <laughs> to go to court to anything for anyone. Anyway, Ninja Nuts, pick it up. It's so good. It's so fun and silly and weird. It's absolutely not what I expected. It at was all. not at all what 
expect I expected it to be one of those damn books that takes itself too seriously or like comes in and is just like random action book that you don't really care about and like doesn't develop any characters or nothing. But it's like it's like a book full of puns and like weird internet references that you only get if you were on the internet in 2005 and like oh it's so funny it's it is very so funny. entertaining yeah. i i don't know what i was expecting but i opened it up and i was so joyfully excited <laughs> yeah i kind of went in expecting just you know another generic action title throwaway yeah. sort of like tmnt hack slash esque type of vibe you know what i mean all of the black widow knockoff books that have come yeah. up yeah. in the last like 10 years but instead what i got was an anthology about three hilarious adorable little ninja nuns doing ninja nun things fighting like other like demons from other religions and like all religions are in existence yeah, and, and going to grateful dead concerts and beating up nerds yeah it was great it was so it was, good. It was really fun. It was a fun book. It was really, really fun. It was fun. so fun. Yeah, and yeah. it spread so much, like, random depth. And there was so much, like, world building in such a weird little anthology. Like, we had, like, a, an entertaining, like, cardinal. And, like, I don't know. It was just really entertaining. Yeah. It was so weird. And good character building in such a short amount of time. I don't know. It was overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> I really hope we get more out of this. I yes. don't know if this was just like a throwaway one-off thing. Um, I would love to see more come out of this because this was delightful. It was so good. And who knows? Maybe they'll do volume one and they'll be like, that was good. And then when they get around to volume two, they'll name it properly. Nunjitsu. That's it. It's right there. I did like they had an awesome pun at one point. They had so many Where puns. they had like this bouncer was like, stay your business. And they were like, we are the ninja nuns. We're here to fight evil. So in a word, it's ninja, ninja business. business. And I, I was actively like, laughed out loud because as they like kick him, I was like, oh, that's great. That, there were so many good That ones. makes up for the lack of ninjutsu. <laughs> but oh, yeah, it was so really good. cool. It was adorable. Um, it wasn't like, you know, you see something like that, you expect it to be like, oh, it's going to be hyper gory or like crass or whatever. But it wasn't. It, it was, wasn't. You know, the nuns were it was pretty appropriate. their nunny selves and it was pretty like tame in terms of action and stuff. It was it was cool. Which is it was, kind of refreshing. It was it was it was just a little delight. It was it was, it so was cute. you know, it was like a meringue cookie. It was just a little treat. Yeah, it was <laughs> you so know, cute. it was cool. Get it. Definitely pick it up. Uh, So this next one I really, really enjoyed and I I sat and thought i was like i need to think of like an elegant way to present this um so i want to talk about the last witch number one ah i love it <laughs> so eloquent i know right no i love this one it was so cute it was adorable uh so the last witch number one is steeped in irish stuff they talk Irish and they look Irish. <laughs> they're named Irishy things. Yeah, they're named Irishy things like Pedrig and Shersha. 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 They say da and ma and nan. It's so good. It was so good. It was just um, I I felt the way towards this one that I've expressed I felt in the past towards like Canto. Oh, I love that. Um. 
it was just a refreshing little, you know, young, like targeted for a young audience book. And it was nice. You want to know something that surprised me? It was me cute. About this book? Hmm. It is nice. It is cute. I love the characters. I left that book scared. The book actually scares me. Really? Yeah. Like, like you know when you're watching a horror movie and you're not like actively scared, but you know bad things are happening and as you're watching them, like your instinct is to hide. Like you want yeah. to cover your hands. Like you know you notice when something goes wrong in the movie and you get you feel your heart start to palpitate a little bit. Yeah. I got that from this book, which I gotta say, been a long damn time since a book has actively like made me nervous like hmm. i was actively like uncomfortable because i already care about the characters i already care about the situation and so the minute i saw what was happening in this book i was like no 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 like my babysitter like tendencies got triggered and i'm like no i want to take care of this <laughs> no please no yeah i was overwhelmed it, um... It was so good. It was just cute, and the family's adorable. The main characters are awesome. There's some lore there that, you know, I'm really excited to see kind of get fleshed out. And the little brother was so precious. I just want to hug him. Yeah, I just, the little brother in this Brahm. <laughs> oh, he's such a cutie. Uh, this was a great book. And if you, it's very good. if you're out there, and one question I get asked a lot is like, hey, you know, my little cousin or my little niece or nephew or my little brother or sister they're you know they're looking to get into comics what sort of comics can i get them um this is a great one for young readers because it's it's very bright and cartoony and you know the art style itself is very like disney pixar kind very of vibe um very dreamworks kind of vibe and the story's easy to understand and the characters are very relatable to younger audiences and stuff, but it's still a good read as an older audience. It's not, you know, so, I guess, elementary in its delivery that it's like, oh, you know, why this is a kid's book? Why am I reading this? Like, it's just, it's like watching a Disney or Pixar movie. Like, you can still watch those movies and get something out of it if you're an adult, but they're targeted at younger audiences. Um, but it's just, it's good. There's this was a, a good book. There's a subtle thing they do at the very end of the book that I'm not going to spoil what it is, but it is a tactic used that is one of the most clever utilizations of a horror kind of trope that I've seen in a comic. And I've read a lot of horror comics and this isn't even a horror book. Mm -hmm. It's brilliantly done. Like, it is what gave me my palpitations. I was unbelievably impressed nice. at how they established a situation and led you to know what was happening before the characters did. And I was like, damn, that was well done. Not too sure what you're talking about, so we'll have to talk we'll about talk it We'll talk about after. it afterwards, um, but just know it's good. But yeah, I, I <laughs> put this book down just kind of feeling excited. Like, I, I put this book down and I just felt happy. I felt good for having good. read it and it was, it was really just good. it's you know doesn't change the game in any way really but it's just like a it's a wholesome delight it's again it's another meringue cookie it's it's a piece of pie it's just like a nice little like snack Yum. you know it's not, 
not anything overly heavy or that's going to linger with you not for the next few days, but it's just something that you're kind of excited to see come into fruition. Yeah. And there's a lot of, there's so many good, like young audience books coming out. Like you've it's got true. wind and you've got uh, this one, you've got Canto. Like there's just so much good coming out. That's targeted at a younger audience. Um, and so it's, it's a good time to be able to share these books with the younger people in your lives, yeah. you know? Uh, and this one is definitely a good one to start with. Absolutely. I think that's going to do it for us That today. wraps. Um, if you want more Cover B, you can find all of our past episodes, including our special episodes like our real extra movie reviews or our graphic novelties where we talk about awesome paperback graphic novels uh, on our website, CoverBeePodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook and Twitter at CoverBeePodcast where we post memes and fan art and news articles and all sorts of fun stuff. Yes, and is, you know, going back to our special segments and stuff be sure to check out we just kicked off a new segment um on wednesday called roundup roundup uh, um <laughs> get him up move him out kick a rock slap your mama um <laughs> roundup <laughs> so check that out uh it's it's fresh and new and it's about future state and we're going to be doing more about future state until future state tells us to stop yeah we're not answering our phones future state we screen our calls yeah you can you're gonna have to email us or something future state you jerk um i, don't know I lost the script me too anyway <laughs> uh so we will catch you we'll have another one of those coming out next wednesday we have one on last wednesday and we'll just keep pumping out more content for you guys so happy new year it's 2021 more and more comment content coming out from cover b uh, and we love you guys, and we'll see you here on another episode of, of Cover, Cover B. B. Bye, everybody. 